time to get you set up for all the weekend's betting action across the sports world. It's BetQL Weekend, only on the BetQL Network. All right, here we go. BetQL Weekend, BetQL Network. Mott and Fritz here to celebrate sports and really to start the show, celebrate ourselves. Fritz, what's going on, buddy? Listen, uh, Mott, we are not ones to, to pat ourselves on the back. You know, um, we, we don't like to make things bad ourselves. No, um, no, no, no. Nope. But I will say, like, this show just consistently gives out winners. Um, whether it's your, your your little horse bets or uh, just, <laughs> just baseball trends in general. But last week, I mean, you and I sitting on here peacocking around about Cam Smith, never a doubt, uh, goes to the British Open. Never, um, never a doubt. Whoa, whoa, timeout. Never a doubt. We had to beg you out of cashing out on Friday afternoon and taking your paltry $3 from the big websites that we said, they're going to ride it out. And all he did was have the most miraculous uh, British Open Sunday in a decade and won the thing for us. You almost cashed your bet out. I know. It was a total coward move. Uh, but you've got to understand something, Mutt. Uh, I had deposited, like, I don't know, three times in the last two weeks, and I wasn't ready to, to <laughs> deposit yet again. So anything that I was taking as a profit, uh, you can check that one off. But yep, but I was, able to, uh, I was able to persevere. I did not cash out. And uh, I sit here today. I took some money out of my, my account, and I still have money yet uh, to, to play with. So it's an exciting time. I feel like I'm back in the gambling uh, circle and um, his up and down the 17th was truly, truly remarkable. Just, spe- just spectacular. You know, not only that, we were rooting hard against Pete Alonzo, the world on Twitter jumped aboard. I mean, you were, I think you're the number one trending topic in the world that hashtag anyone but Alonzo at some point uh, yeah. on Monday night for the home run derby. I feel like people didn't like understand my, my disdain towards Pete Alonzo. And then they saw him uh, doing deadlifts uh, before it. And they were like, Oh, I get it. <laughs> You know, even Zach was rooting against them. Even Zach was like, oh, I, you know, I see his point now. Yeah, Zach, Zach Bowie, our producer, biggest Met fanboy in the world, uh, was definitely not rooting against Pete Alonso. He's crying, crying in a puddle in his room when Pete Alonso did not get thing dead gun uh, on Monday. Uh, meanwhile, that little horse race was the Preakness, by the way. So let's not, let's not brush over the Preakness the trifecta we gave out on this network and multiple BetQL shows. But we're not a, we're not a show about the past. Or show about the future. you got to show right. what you can do in the future. And with that in mind, the future in Arizona, uh, it is Kyler Murray, Fritz. We've talked about him a bunch here on the show in different ways. Uh, he gets the mega contract extension. Five years, 230 million bucks. 40-something million average annual value. Second highest paid quarterback in the NFL. Now behind Aaron Rodgers. Um, and I still have no love for the Arizona Cardinals. And in fact, I'm not the only one. Uh, I saw one of the reports today. Uh, some of the numbers on the early betting. They opened Fritz at nine and a half, their win total. 94% of the money has been bet on under. It's down to eight and a half now is the win total for the Cardinals. Uh, they're 14 to one to win the NFC. They're three to one to win their division. They're a huge price to win the Super Bowl. I know they had to do this, Fritz, but it doesn't yeah. change my opinion at all. They're still a second tier team in the division. They're a second or third tier team in the NFC. And I have 0.0 interest and betting any of my Cam Smith winnings on anything Arizona Cardinals this year. Yeah, and I I don't I don't uh, I don't disagree with you. Um, I also felt like they had to do it, you know, because yeah. like you, you had the number one overall. Well, you had Josh Rosen, and in a year you moved on from him, and you drafted yep. Kyler number one overall. Like I don't know what their plan was, and I don't 
Like, I, I just don't understand in this day and age with how important the quarterback position is playing this super hardball game when you don't really have a, a, a backdrop. Like, what, what are yeah. you going to do? Are you going to go back to, like, Jake Plummer and uh, Ryan Lindley and, like, <laughs> like uh, these just absolute scrub quarterbacks? When you have, like, for as much as Kyler Murray hasn't totally put it all together, he has flashes, you know, where it's like, wow, this guy is awesome. And, and I've made the comp in the past. Like, when he's going right – it reminded me of watching a young Steph Curry play basketball. Like he's just running around, just throwing it up whenever, like making all these, making all these moves and, and, and whatnot. And when he's going right, he's great. It's just like that consistency isn't there, but you still have to take a shot on that upside. You have to take a shot on, on him being your guy, especially when you don't have an alternative. So you have the Cardinals, you know, they were one in six last year without DeAndre Hopkins. He's obviously going to miss some time this year. They lost Christian yep. Kirk. I mean, I, I didn't think he was that, incredible anyway at frank i can't believe he got like 70 million dollars by the jags <laughs> like it's such a it's such a bad franchise move uh oh, like yeah. the jacks did but whatever they they got their guy you know aj green had a nice year last year it's just it's it feels like the same story every year with this cardinals team where it's like okay you're gonna get off to a good start and sure you're gonna up your win total maybe um, you know, the last couple of years, they've gone up every game by a game every year, but we all know they've faulted down the stretch. Like Kingsbury is just a disaster in the second half of the year once, once people kind of figure him out. So it does nothing for me from the standpoint of like, oh, the Cardinals are going to be good this year. It does. It, it, my standpoint is like, okay, you did the right thing. Congratulations. But honestly, I kind of feel like this is the beginning of the end of the, the Kyler Murray era in, in Arizona. Like, I don't think he's going to forget what they did with this contract discussions. And I think he's going to be the next kind of big quarterback traded within the next like year or two. Yeah. You mentioned Kingsbury. Remember this team faltered down the stretch. They lost seven of their final 11 games. They got blown out. And honestly, one of the worst playoff performances you're going to see was that last, but remember the wild card game on a Monday night. And he got stuck with that terrible game where Murray's running around. Like he had no idea what he was doing. And he's a big part of it. Like I almost don't care who the quarterback is. And you're right. They had to do it. But Kingsbury is still the coach, and he's not shown to me that he's anything but, you know, flashy dress on the sideline, looks good in the polo, good for him. But as far as the offense goes, it's he is not, you know, he's not reinvented the NFL offense. Like, that's, I'm, I'm sorry, I've not seen that. Uh, and in bigger picture, like, I'm, I'm still under, nine and a half would have been under. I'd still be under eight and a half for this team because I want to see how they respond to all of this and the way they played at the end of last year. And the division, like, the Rams are set up here. I don't want to put the Rams to, to rally again that division, but who else would you want in the AFC West? Like, this might be the best team on paper in the division, and that bodes well for the defending Super Bowl champs. really does. Yeah, it does. And, you know, we talked about this when we uh, did dissecting the divisions. Um, who can where, forget? Who can forget? <laughs> where we were talking about the NFC West, and, and we were talking about how, like, I mean, the Rams should have a, a classic Super Bowl hangover. Um, you know, they they were in L.A. Uh, Aaron Donald's thinking about retiring. Uh, uh, Sean McVay's thinking about retiring. Matthew Stafford's making corny AT&T commercials. Like, it, it was all setting up for a nice little Super Bowl hangover. But then you look at the other teams, and it's like, well, they're just as, as dysfunctional right now. Like the, the, the Niners can't pick a quarterback for, for whatever reason. Like, just make Trey Lance your guy if he's your guy. You know, like <laughs> – like, you have a take. I mean, literally, it drives me nuts. It's like, we, we, you drafted the guy number three overall. You traded three first-round picks to go get him. Like, just make him the quarterback. And if it doesn't work out, I'm sorry it doesn't work out. It's not like Jimmy G's this, like, big savior 
that is like you're letting a a, a a star go. You're letting a good, solid quarterback go. But you 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 traded up for Trey Lance for a shot at special. Like give him a shot. Like it just it doesn't make any sense to me. So and then yeah. you have the Cardinals. Like I mean, again, I, a dysfunctional coach, uh, a, a quarterback that doesn't seem like teammates totally love playing for him. No DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, under nine and a half. Just take it to the bank. I mean, you think you think Marquise Hollywood Brown is 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 making up for DeAndre Hopkins? No, I I don't. I, I think uh, they they made that move knowing there was something looming. One year left in his contract. Baltimore want to play, and they they had to replace Christian Kirk and his massive contract in Jacksonville. But he's not a needle mover to me. He's not Steph Diggs going from Minnesota to Buffalo. And this ties into a bigger picture situation. You and I talked about this a little bit off the air. Like we're inside fifty days now from the season starting, right? Seven, basically seven weeks from now, we get that Thursday night kickoff game between the Bills and the aforementioned Rams, two teams we're talking about. They are right now two of the top four choices to win the Super Bowl. And it's a weird market because, and I'll let you riff on this, the top of the market is the Bills at six and a half to one, the Bucks at seven and a half to one, Chiefs at nine and a half to one, and the Rams 11 to one. Like, there is not, to me, one team that stands out among those teams. There are question marks among them all. The favorites right now for the Super Bowl, the top of the market, the way it's been priced out, there's not a team I'd really want to bank on there at the top of the Super Bowl market today with seven weeks before kickoff. No, and and honestly, this is exactly what the NFL wants. Like, yet again, the NFL wins. You know, they're the one sport where parity actually – like I don't like parity in other sports, frankly. Like, I think it's fine. But I, it's it's fun to me to hate a team that's been good for a while and see if someone can kind sure. of knock them off. You know, that's what made the, the NBA model successful. People hated the uh, the the Yankees of the early two thousands, all of that. Um, but the NFL is just 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 crushed this thing. Um, you know, it, it feels like they in in a perfect world, the NFL would love every team to be nine and eight. You know, <laughs> where it's just like they have no idea what you're getting heading into the postseason, and that's how I feel right now about the Super Bowl odds, fifty days out, like. Sure. Uh, do I think the Bills are the best team? Yeah, but they're also the Bills. Like, when does it go right for them? I, I know they added Von Miller. I think that'll be a massive addition. We know Josh Allen. We know Steph Diggs. Like, we know they're great, but they lose Brian Dable. I think that's a big loss. We've talked about that in the past, about how losing good offensive minds is not something that is usually a good thing for NFL teams. So the, the, the Bills have never gotten the job done. The Bucks. it feels like Brady. I mean, Brady's saying this week that he's pretty much lost the competitive fire. And if he's not fully locked in, I, I don't know if I can trust the Bucks to, to bounce back and get there. The Chiefs lose Tyreek Hill. I, I think they'll probably be okay. But like Juju Smith-Schuster is, is, is your big addition. Nicole Hardman in, in another year. Um, I, I'll bet on their, their culture. I'll bet on that stuff. Yeah. But it's like, I don't know. I, I don't know if the Chiefs are going to be as good as they've been in years past without Tyreek Hill. Uh, Packers lose Devontae Adams. The Rams we just talked about. The Chargers have never done it. They, they seem like they're always down by a touchdown in the fourth quarter in every single game they're in. The Niners can't pick a quarterback. The Broncos have a first-time head coach with a with huge expectations. The Cowboys yep. never do it. The, the Bengals are coming off of a, a Super Bowl appearance for the first time in forever, and they're the Bengals, so you can't trust that. The Ravens don't have a quarterback right now under contract for long term. The Colts have Matt Ryan. The Browns have Deshaun Watson. The Eagles have Jalen Hurts. The Titans have Ryan Tannehill. The Cardinals have Colin Murray. And the Vikings have Kirk Cousins. Who the hell is winning the Super Bowl? Like, I just, I have no idea. There is so many question marks on every single one of these teams. Like, you could talk yourself into all of these things going wrong. It's wild, man. And I can't remember it really ever being like this. 
It's awesome. And it, look, you got to tie your money up in it. Like I, I'm not investing, you know, thousand dollars in the two bull market, but since we're seven weeks away inside 50 days, you just bad every team in the NFL right now. Okay. Fritch, you just tore them up from top to bottom. You hate every team in the league yeah. this year, but, but you gave us Cam Smith. So people want a winner, you know, 50 days out here from opening day in the NFL, you got to pick one given their current odds. Give me the team you're betting on today to win the Super Bowl. All right. I'll give mine and then I'll give you, and you give yours because I'm going How it with, works. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're reinventing the wheel here on basketball <laughs> weekends. I'll give mine then you give yours. Um, <laughs> I like, I actually, if I'm just betting on the trends the last couple of years, Last two years, quarterbacks going, elite quarterbacks going to new systems, um, new circumstances. They both won the Super Bowl. I would go with the Broncos, but even in, even with that, well, yeah. first off, it's a, it's a value a, a value play for me. Like I'll take the Broncos because I think that's a good price. I think they're a good team, and I think Russell Wilson. Seventeen great. to one, seventeen to one right now in the Super Bowl. Yeah, right. I would choose the Broncos, but the one thing that that separates this situation from what Brady and and from what Stafford walked into is that they walked into uh, Sean McVay or they walked into Bruce Arians and, and Todd Bowles and Byron Leftwich and loaded coaching staffs like Nathaniel Hackett. I mean, no one even knew who he was outside of Wisconsin last year. Um, and he's tasked with, with being ready to take uh, Russell Wilson and this team to the Super Bowl. Like even when, even when Peyton Manning went there uh, back in like 2012 or whatever, John Fox was at least there, and John Fox has gotten the Super Bowl, and and he had um, Adam Gase. But um, like I just, you know, that's the one thing that draws me back. It's like this is a first time head coach um, being tasked with legitimate Super Bowl um, aspirations, and I can't remember the last time that really worked out. Yeah, I think the expectations there, right? I mean, so going into you build the expectations in, like you have Russ now, you've chased this quarterback. Now go do it in division that's going to be a tough division this year, even if the Chiefs aren't the Chiefs. Yeah, and and, and maybe the Chiefs aren't the Chiefs. The Raiders, you know, you, you really like the Raiders. Um, we'll see what McDaniel does uh, in his second stint as head coach. Um, and then and then you have the Chargers, who, again, have never done it. But they have all the talent in the world as well. I, just, I can't see them taking that massive of a leap just yet. So I'll stick with the Broncos. So you gave us the Broncos win the Super Bowl 17 to 1. I believe the first show we did, uh, you said you want to bet the Broncos laying the points against Seattle. So you have somehow become a Denver Bronco fanboy there in Philadelphia. I don't know how it has happened to you uh, on this show, but you have pouted them over and over again. They're a legit team this year. They're interesting because they have the quarterback, much like Kyler Murray say in Arizona. They're going to be interesting as the quarterback. The Ravens and re-signing Lamar Jackson long-term, interesting with the quarterback. I don't know what type of quarterback he has, but Josh McDaniels going to the Raiders, I think is interesting. I You gave your pick. On the other side of this break, Fritz, I'm going to give you my pick for the Super Bowl, much bigger price than your pick, and I want to go through some of the awards as well, some of the MVP and coaches awards as we get ready. Now, inside 50 days, we'll talk about my Super Bowl pick coming up. It's BetQL weekend. BetQL Network, Mutt and Fritz do not go anywhere. Welcome back to BetQL Weekend with Mike Menansky and Jack Fritz on the BetQL Network. 
BetQL Weekend, BetQL Network, Mutt and Fritz, Mike Mananski, WEEI in Boston, Jack Fritz, WIP in Philadelphia, Mutt, WEEI on Twitter, Jack Fritz, WIP for Fritz. We found out uh, just a few minutes ago, Jonathan Papelbon, who's negative life, follows you on Twitter for some reason, not me. What, what did you do to Pap to get him to follow you on Twitter, Fritz? Well, he probably just he knows that I'm the, the face of Phillies baseball down here. Um, he probably ag- agrees. <laughs> he probably agrees that that Pete Alonso is a dork, and uh, you know, I I always, you know, Papelbon was interesting here um, because he was like weird with fans, but also the guys in the bullpen loved him. And then he choked out Bryce down in Washington, and I don't know, just a very odd relationship. And He's the all-time leader in saves for the Phillies, and like no one liked his tenure here. So like it's <laughs> it's the weirdest relationship between an athlete that was really good here and a city who like never liked him at all. Um, so yeah, I guess he just uh, you know gave him a follow, even though I was in college when he pitched here. So um, I didn't have a chance to to rip him back in the day. Yeah, you probably would have. You would have spent four hours with Marks and Reese ripping him for some blown save in April. I can see you doing that, absolutely. Meanwhile, here in Boston, he was the guy who danced with the Bud Light box on his head after his, uh, the World Series win and just was honest with fans, like, I'm going to get paid. I go to the market. I'm going to set the market for closer. The Red Sox weren't going to pay that, so it went elsewhere. So I'd appreciate a Papelbon when he was here in Boston because the, the spotlight of Boston didn't get to him. He pitched well in big spots, helped the Red yeah. Sox win, now going big-time social media. Not a surprise doing gambling podcasts, which everyone in the world is doing, including this show right here. Before our first commercial break here, Fritz, you gave us your right now, if you had to make it, Super Bowl pick, 17 to 1 on the Broncos. I'm going to stay in the division and tell you I want 40 to 1 on the Vegas Raiders. And I, it's not because uh, I like the uniforms or like a gambling. It's because of Josh McDaniels and that offense. It's about offense in the NFL. You get Josh McDaniels with Derek Carr. Uh, Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro in the slot, Demarcus Robinson from Kansas City, Darren Waller already a top three, four, five tight end in the NFL. They go on and get Chandler Jones. They uh, trade for a uh, cornerback from the Indianapolis Colts. They may get themselves better on defense, good offensive coach, high-powered offense, and the price, 40-1. to 1. I've on a bet a long shot or a bet of Super Bowl pick in uh, July or August. I better be getting every ounce of value possible. So give me 40-1. to 1 on the Vegas Raiders to win this thing this year. Yeah, you've been talking about the Raiders, it seems like, as much as I've been talking about the Broncos. I guess they're, yeah. we're, we're, we love the <laughs> AFC West, um, yep. and we've both been on these teams from the beginning. I just, for me, it's it's tough to bet on a team, on a team that I'm not totally sure is going to make the playoffs. You know, I mean, they could very well finish fourth in that division. That doesn't mean they're bad. It's just, again, like the AFC West to me, I think it's the most loaded division I, I've seen in my entire life. Of, of watching football. I don't think I've seen a division top to I, I could see all four teams. Uh, you can make a case for any of them making the postseason. The thing that I love, or making the uh, Super Bowl, the thing that I love about that Raiders team um, is I, I think Derek Carr is a good leader. You know, I think he's going to help them win games. I think Renfro with Devontae Adams is going to be even more lethal. Um, yep. We'll see how, I mean, Devontae Adams is still really good, but I'm curious to see what his production's like without Aaron Rodgers. But the thing that I love that they did is they did the smart thing, which is, okay, we got receiver. We got an offensive head coach. We believe in our quarterback. What is the other key ingredient to winning a Super Bowl? And that is pass rush. You know, it, yep. it, for as much as we talk about how important um, wide receivers are and weapons and, and quarterback, 
I think having a, a really good pass rush, rush is one of the pillars of building a Super Bowl contender. And you go get Chandler Jones, who is a double-digit sacks guy every year. Max Crosby, who, who might be the most underrated player in the sport. Like when you talk about nationally, no one ever really talks about him. Um, but he's just dominant. Just just can take over games whenever. Seems to have a, a relentless motor. So if you have if you have Jones and you have Max Crosby on the other side, you know that's tough for opposing uh, offenses to stop four quarters. So you know they have the ingredients, but also so do the Chargers. They went and got Khalil Mack to pair with Joey Bosa. Like what are we doing yeah. here? Um, you have uh, like you, you the, the Chiefs have good pass rusher now, and they added George Karloffis in the in the draft. Um, and the Broncos have, have Bradley Chubb. So, you know, all of these teams have good edge rushers. They are all very well-built teams. And, yeah, I mean, I don't hate it. I love good long shot uh, odds to win Super Bowls. Um, but I just can't see Derek Carr doing it. Come on, he's, he's Derek well, Carr. He can't, he can't win a Super Bowl. You and I, it's, it's kind of insane that you and I are both picking a team out of the toughest division in football. It's not the favorite to win their division. So maybe we're just being yeah, stubborn well, about it. You're, go ahead. Well, I'm just saying, like, I think that with the AC West, at least it should the, these teams should be battle tested heading into the postseason because yeah. basically they'll True. be playing postseason level games whenever they play another AFC West team because they're going to be scratching clawing to make the playoffs. So they'll be playing playoff games, you know, starting in in I don't know November October rather than when most teams really start picking uh, kicking into high gear in like December January. So we got a while before football starts, but all these markets are opening about the Super Bowl right now. You can bet week one totals. Man, there's some books that have every single line of every game up there right now, if you really wanted to. I wanted to analyze some of the awards here for it's early on. We're going to have a lot of time this thing to settle, but you have a chance right now to bet on things like MVP and bet on coach of the year. The MVP market right now, not a surprise, dominated uh, there at the top by quarterbacks. Allen, 7-1, to one, Mahomes, 8-1, to one, Rogers and Brady, 9-1. to one. Herbert and Bro, uh, Burrow, 13, 11 and 13 to one, respectively. It's a quarterback award. It takes a running back to have some miraculous year or a wide receiver to set a record or a defensive player to set some sack or interception record to even get on the radar. It's all quarterbacks. Anyone stands out 50 days out from your mind. MVP bets early on right now in the NFL season. I got to be honest, Mud. Every time you say 50 days to NFL season, I get I get a little giddy inside. I really do. Yeah. It's, it's just it's the greatest time of the year. Um, so, all right, you're going to be mad at me. I have two thoughts here on, on the MVP. And you're going to be mad at one of them, and I'll give you a okay. pick in the second one. So you're going to be mad at me because I think if you're looking for the best value and the best storyline and the best narrative and the best team, it goes to Josh Allen. And I know he's the favorite, but mm-hmm. when you're looking at – the narrative of, okay, this is Josh Allen's time. And if he goes off in the regular season, then it's like, okay, Bill's ascending towards the playoffs. You know, I just think that when you, because a lot of MVP stuff comes down to storylines, you know, like oh, yeah. and, yep. and who has the best storyline. And I just think that if you're looking at the Bills, um, you know, the, the MVP is a regular season award. So it doesn't factor in what they do in the postseason. So, you know, I, I think that the Bills will win like 12, 13 games. Allen will be, you know, one of the three best quarterbacks in the sport. And it's one yep. of those like narrative kind of MVP. So I will take him. And then, I mean, I might as well. If you're, if you're going to pick an MVP, you might as well double down on the teams that you bet on all, all offseason. So why not pick, pick Russell Wilson? You know, it's his first year. Yeah. It's, 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 it's his first year outside of the Seattle system. He hated the offensive uh, coordinator up there. Like, I don't think he, he was a big fan of the way he ran his offense. He gets a fresh start. And I think he's going to want to come out and, and prove that he's still 
one of the five best quarterbacks in football. I mean, all last year, the talk was like, okay, Russell Wilson's cooked or because you know, the year before it was like, let Russ cook. And then it turned into Russ is cooked. Um, I don't think he's cooked. I think he had the, the finger injury. And I think that derailed the season. He was dominant before the finger injury. So I think he's healthy. He has those weapons that a lot of people believe in up there. You know, the Judy, Tim Patrick, Corbin Sutton. So they have, they have those kind of players that should make Russell Wilson better. I, I think he's on a, on, a, on a mission to prove that he's still great. And I look for storylines, look for narratives. I don't see it with Mahomes. I guess you could do the whole without Tyree Kill thing. I don't see it with Rodgers. I don't see it with Brady. Herbert, maybe. Um, Burrow, maybe. But I, I, when I'm looking for storylines, that's what I look for in MVP book. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I'll, I'll be the, the the Broncos. When you mentioned those receivers, we've heard for years, right? It's, it's they're really good. This quarterback. We'll see what Wilson does with those guys. He had two pretty good ones in Lockett and Metcalf for a couple of years there in Seattle. Let's see what he does with this yep. group that has been touted as this great group with just crappy quarterbacks. We'll see if they play well with a good quarterback and Russell Wilson. I totally agree. Like you're a vibes guy, but you're also a narratives guy, and you're onto this yes. too. Like the MVP. It's dumb media guys like us who are making the vote. We buy into dumb storylines all the time, so why wouldn't the voters in the MVP? Derek Carr is 33-1. to 1. He would not be my big push. I will point out, as you talked about, Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro, go look at Wes Welker's numbers when they paired him up with Randy Moss, uh, with Tom Brady those first couple of years. I wouldn't be shocked if Renfro has those type of similar numbers, like 100-yard, 100-catch seasons. The next couple of years, I'd be very interested in him in things like uh, you know season-long fantasy, daily fantasy, underdog, stuff like that. But Derek Carr, it's a bridge too far. You mentioned a guy with no narrative. Who's all narrative? Tom Brady's 9-1. to one. He's going to win the MVP. Because here's what's going to happen. I can already see it. The Bucs play in a terrible division. They're going to win like 13 or 14 games. Go 13 or 4, 14 and 3. He's going to have, I won't say he's a 50 touchdowns, but Byron Leftwich and him are running the offense now. He's not handing the ball off to Leonard Fournette and, and, and Keyshawn Vaughn. Whoever's back there, it's going to be Brady, 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 throwing it over and over again. He's going to have a lot of touchdowns, very limited interceptions. They're going to win 13 or 14 games. He's going to cruise the MVP. Doesn't mean they won the Super Bowl. Like, can't you see it? Like, the rumors start to percolate. It's, it's last year. He might go to Miami. At the end of the year, like 39 touchdowns and eight picks, and they win 13 games. He's the MVP at 10 to 1. That's a good read. Uh, I, I will I will agree with you. Uh, as narrative guys, I think there is a, a building case for Tom Brady. I just think it's it's just so adorable talk, watching you talk about Tom Brady. Like you have like a little <laughs> extra pep in your step. You get all fired up. You start you start you, you chug some TV twelve. You know, and, and, and you're all good to go. Like you don't even need coffee in the morning. Like I think I nope. think you need to nope. wake up to, to, to some Tom Brady highlights. And you are all jacked up and ready to go. I think, do you, do you leave your house and let out a fist pump saying, like, let's go, like when he used to run down to the end of the sideline? I mean, that's how I envision you leaving your house in the morning. Have I spent a small fortune on TV 12 gear that is wildly overpriced because it has a Tom Brady logo on it? Maybe I have. Did I fly my family to Charlotte, North Carolina to watch Brady play day after Christmas this past year? Maybe I did that too. I don't recall, Senator. I don't recall. So, yes, there's a Tom Brady love in this household. I think he's going to win MVP, and 9-10-1 to 1 is going to look silly at the end of the season when they win a million games in that terrible NFC South. Meanwhile, Coach of the Year. Uh, Brandon Staley and Brian Dayball are both 14-1, to 1, and you and I are with Team Brian Dayball. I love Brian Dayball. He's in the mix, but the Giants might not be any good. Hackett, Shanahan, 
Uh, Mike McDaniel, Doug Peterson, Kevin O'Connell, all 16 to one. My guy, Josh McDaniel, 18 to one. This again becomes a narrative thing. It becomes like who, which coach got the most out of his team? What team sucked last year doesn't suck this year. It's almost like that's the equation to finding coach of the year. So is there someone that fits that equation for you early on, given the odds here uh, inside seven weeks till the NFL season? There sure is, Mutt. And his name is Dan Campbell. Give me Dan Campbell, (laughs) NFL coach of the year, uh, biting kneecaps all the way to the awards table. Um, Either way, like, I, I think the Lions are feisty. You know, they, they, they were the best cover team in football last year. Dan Campbell yeah. cried three times at the podium. Um, they covered three out of the last four. They, they bring in Aiden Hutchinson this offseason. They bring in Jam- uh, Jamison Williams. Uh, Jared Goff, I don't know if you've heard this before, he went to the Super Bowl. So that means he's obviously a very good quarterback. I'm very anti-Goff. But, um, you know, I think that there was, when you talk about vibes and you talk about a team that, that fought for their head coach in a, in a down year where they had a number two overall pick, that's the Lions. And I think if the Lions can get to seven games or seven wins, um, I think Campbell takes us home. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if they beat the Eagles on, on, on week one out in, um, out in Detroit. Wow. Last year, Eagles went out there, won 44-6. to six. There's a ton of uh, expectations around the Eagles. Uh, they have never lived up to expectations outside of 2004. So um, that's something that worries me. Like, as a, as a Philly fan, like, it, it worries me seeing the Eagles have this much hype around them because they've never lived up to it. So um, I will go Dan Campbell uh, for a coach of the year, plus uh, 2,200. And I also like Kevin O'Connell. Just, you know, those weapons. He's an offensive-minded head coach going from Mike Zimmer. I can see them having a, a good uh, year and possibly stealing the – the NFC North um, with having a real offensive mind. So I'll go with uh, Kevin O'Connell as a secondary. I, I had two guys written down. Kevin O'Connell is one of them because you and I love, again, we're, we're I guess, vibes and weapons guys. And he's w- walking in, like just like Josh McDaniel, he's walking into an unbelievable situation. I can't bet Josh because the Raiders were a playoff team a year ago, so they'd have to go above and beyond, and they might just strap in in that division. Um, a guy who used to be in Philadelphia uh-huh. who wears a visor. No. And is now coaching Trevor Lawrence, Doug Peterson, sixteen to one for Doug. What like Jacksonville? They just if they just don't embarrass themselves. Is Jacksonville's in the mix? Doesn't have to do anything there. Win like if they win seven games, they may rename the Coach of the Year award the Doug Peterson award. Why are you laughing at this pick? Because it's not gonna work. It's not. He was he was he was propped up here by Frank Reich. I mean, listen, he's. I love Doug. I love Doug. But he also, for as much as people rip Carson, he also had his hands in, in Carson's downfall, given that he didn't get any better after the Super Bowl. And he's supposed to well, be a all, quarterback. All, I know, all he has to do, all he has to do is show up and win seven games. He's going to win coach of the year. By the way, your guy, yeah, Campbell. Doug Marone got them to an AFC championship game. And you know that the Jags should have beat the Patriots that day anyway. The Fritz list is coming next, folks. Do not go anywhere. Back you all weekend. Welcome back to BetQL Weekend with Mike Mananski and Jack Fritz on the BetQL Network. Heading home here on BetQL Weekend, BetQL Network. Also, you can watch the show, uh, twitch.tv, BetQL, and podcasts available. Just search BetQL Weekend uh, on your uh, iPhone, iTunes, wherever you check it, Spotify. It's right iTunes. there for you. iTunes. Uh, iTunes. Where are you? Where are you? 
Apple Podcasts. iTunes haven't been around in, in four years, I don't think. iTunes is hot. A lot of good songs back in the day. 99 cents a song. 99 cents. That's a steal. Music. That. That's a steal. But yeah, listen, uh, Mike Bonansky. No, I watch a show on Twitch. You've watched, you've watched it on Twitch, right? Yeah, of course. I check it out uh, Saturday mornings. Sometimes I check out WEI to see what you're talking about up there. Um, it's it's all good. I, I'm, I'm a fan of the Twitch. I, I don't know, you know, for a long time, radio people have been made fun of, of like, oh, you got a face for radio. Well, guess what? Yep. Now we're all on TV. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's bad news for everyone yeah. involved. And I hate it. I hope you people like, because I hate it, this stupid camera. I just want to talk into a microphone and hide from you people. I got to be on camera with Fritz every week. All right, uh, Jack Fritz, WIP on Twitter, Mutt, W-E-E-I. Uh, check us out on Twitter, and thank you for consuming the show, however you consume the show. Uh, it was All-Star break this weekend. We get back to work, a little Red Sox action uh, here this weekend. Uh, we are going to have the free agency, obviously, is a big deal coming up, but the trade deadline, August 2nd, is also a huge deal. Juan Soto said thanks but no thanks to uh, an absolute boatload of money in Washington. He then flew commercially himself out to the home run derby, had to fly home, had a tweet he deleted about respect in one way. He's not going to be back there. He's still arbitration eligible for a couple of years, but I, I get the vibes that you think, Fritz, he's gone between now and August 2nd. You think he's going to get traded by the Nats here in the next couple of weeks? Oh, yeah, 100%. I, I, think that, I think that bridge has been burned, and I think it's over. Um, I, I think that the Nats are salty that he didn't sign that contract. You know, it's it one of those first times that – the, the Nationals have offered a big deal that um, didn't have any deferrals in it. You know, that was 15 years, no deferrals. Even the, the shirts are contracted. Things being paid through like 2050. Um, so like there's, they usually defer everything on big, on big money deals. And I think they got to a point where, okay, uh, we offered you 15 years, $440 million. I, I turned down a similar contract to do this show. So um you know <laughs> I'm both free agents uh in a couple of years i got a couple of years at our black so we'll see oh, okay, um, gotcha. but but um you know i just think that the the nats are looking at this like what do you want us to do you know uh, do you want us to give you i think honestly if so if they just offered him like five like 500 over 12 years i think he'd take it in. i think he's supposed to be the first player to make 500 million and 500 million dollar player yeah yeah and when you're as good as juan soto is and you're as young as juan soto is like why not i mean Contra like Damian Lillard's getting $61 million for these next two years. Like it's the contract or, or uh, athletes contracts have just gotten out of control. Um, well, it's not out of control. I mean, I'm glad they're getting it. So it's good. Uh, but it's just wild when you look at the numbers and, you know, I just, I think the Nats are, are frustrated, you know, obviously by not flying him out there and then just making him fly commercial. I think that was a bit of a sign um, that they're kind of over it. And I think Soto's like, listen, I'm, I'm ready to move on. I think he is uh, tired of losing and he doesn't like the direction the franchise is going, which is heading towards a total rebuild. So I do think he gets moved here. I think it's going to be a huge trade package. And, um, you know, it, it's going to be one of the bigger moves of our lifetime. Uh, a player this young that's going to be demanding that big of a contract. Uh, apparently the Nats are saying you don't even start unless you're taking the Patrick Corbin contract back, which is smart by them. Um, and also your four top prospects and some major league players. So I can't wait. Um, I, I don't think he's going to go to the, well, I don't think he's going to go to the Phillies, but um, I, I can't wait to see where he goes because I think whoever gets him immediately vaults to the top of, of possible world series and division and all that fun stuff. Yeah. I don't think he gets moved between the deadline. Cause I, and I saw this work with Mookie Betts here in Boston. Like they, they knew 
there was something looming with him, but they want to explore re-opportunity. And I think because the deal is going to be so big, you're right. Uh, it's yeah. going to take longer than two and a half weeks to put together. So he's not back there next year. They'll have to play out the year there in Washington. They're not going to rush a deal. It's it's stupid for them to rush a deal now when they can hold oh, on to him and really did, did the Mookie thing value. ever get it? Did the Mookie thing ever get as as seemingly ugly as this has gotten? Did no, it was always... all behind the scenes. But I mean, so what's what? So they suck it up for six months and they trade it. Like, is it really that bad for them? Or they tell their fan base, look, we're going to try to get the best deal possible. Do you think they get the best deal they can for Soto trading him August second? I don't. I don't either, but what if Soto's like, I'm not playing then? And then I guess you guys, you just have to sit him. You know, I've never seen a baseball player yeah. do this, but I also haven't seen I, – I just think the, the the commercial thing, he kind of joked about it and then won the, the home run derby, the the tweet. It just – it feels like this is heading towards a, a messy breakout. I think the, the Nats are upset he turned down that contract. You know, it's different than the Mookie thing in, from that sense. So um, – I don't know if they will maximize the, the, the return, but I think they would still get a pretty ridiculous return, even if it is on August 2nd. Yeah, and Rafael Devers here, another similar spot. He, Tim's timetable is similar to Betts. He's got one year left of, of arbitration eligibility as a free agent after next year. And if the Red Sox can't get a long-term deal with him in this offseason, I suspect they will trade him. And see Bogart's opt out of his deal. So there's some major Soto-type maneuvers happening here in Boston for Hyam Loom as well as they try to stay within contact in the American League wild card. So you think he gets dealt. So one final piece of this. Odds checker actually has the odds for where he might go next. Mets are four to one. Yankees five to one. Giants five and a half to one. Blue Jays six to one. Dodgers six to one. I think the team that you think he's going to is not on that list right now. Yeah. And I and and the team that I think he's going to is is the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, you know, I think that Soto has been talked about. He 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 likes playing there. Um, you know, the the Cardinals have a boatload of young, almost major league ready players that, that could be had in the deal. You know, they could put together a package of, of Dylan Carlson, Matthew Liberator, uh, Nolan Gorman, uh, Jordan Walker, who I think is the best player of them all. Like I think Jordan Walker is this uh, uh, young third baseman in the system. He's like 20 years old, but I think in a couple of years, he'd be the top five prospect in baseball. So if you're looking to, to rebuild um, kind of fast, the Cardinals have a bunch of interesting young pieces. Um, they also have, you know, Arenado and Goldschmidt already ready to go. You add Juan Soto to that. You know, I think that's a, that's a team that could compete right away. And you look at their plus 4,000 right now to win the World Series. That seems like a, a bit rich. You'd have to be banking on him being a, being a, a Cardinal. But plus 1,700 to win the NL, you know, um, it, it's not crazy bad odds. You'd have to take a bit of a leap of faith um, that he would, you know, go to the Cardinals. But plus 1,700. You add him to Goldschmidt, who I think is going to win the, the NL MVP, Aaron Otto. You're going to make things of a really dynamic offense there. I think when you talk about a trade before August 2nd, I would find it very hard to believe that it would get done to a, tr uh, a team within the division. Like, I don't think they would trade him to the Mets. Oh, no, this, this, no, this, no, this, no, no. You know, yeah. and even like the Yankees, like it's such a big, it's such a big trade for the Yankees. But when you're the Cardinals, you have these young pieces, you, you want to get, you know, baseball fully back in St. Louis. I don't know. I just have a, a sneaking uh, uh, a suspicion that he could be a Cardinal. And I like some of those odds if you want to bank on that. Yeah, Francisco Lindor and Corey Seager, guys like that have changed the, the money in baseball. These guys, these owners, Fritz, as you know, they can't cry poor anymore. We know what they're making, these regional deals. I think Soto is within his rights to get whatever he can from the Nats. They're not going to pay him. I just don't think 
they'll find a great deal for him. I will say before I get to the Fritz list, real quickly on the World Series odds right now, the Astros are still mispriced, Fritz. I, I, I don't know what it is. People are bored by them, but they should be the favorite right now. The Astros, to me, are, are the, certainly the best team in the American League. I'm not sure if they're the best team in the NL. I've not watched the NL as closely, but they're better than the Yankees. They're better than anything else in the American League. They're almost 5-1. to one. The Yankees are 3-1. to one. Of the favorites right now for the World Series, the Astros should scare the heck out of everybody because they have pitching, they have offense, they have bullpen. They're loaded. They're absolutely loaded. Yeah, and you want to know what's funny is that I, first off, I agree with you. I think I think the Astros are are ridiculous. Um, we talked about um, when the second, or I guess when the uh, when the NBA Finals ended, about like all right, what are the storylines heading into the second half? And we talked about the Astros and how we yeah. thought that they were really really good, even better than the Yankees. And the Yankees, <laughs> I think they've scored two runs in the last four games against the Astros. So um, yeah, I think everyone just assumed that they lost Correa, and it was like, oh well, they're not going to be as good as last year. Yeah. They are a factory down there. I mean, Jeremy Pena has been a really good rookie when he's healthy. Jordan Alvarez is just ridiculous. So uh, I'm with you on the Astros. If I was looking for one long shot team, it would probably be them. Um, you know, I like their odds a lot. All right, let's get to it. Limited time. We'll see if you can actually fit it in here. It's the Fritz list. Become a staple of BetQL weekend. A list of five things on the mind of Jack Fritz. God knows you have in store today after your terrible comedies movies uh, last week on the show. Listen, it's all about generating conversation. That's what we do here at BetQL Weekends. Um, So this one, this Fritz list, I feel like actually you're going to be a big fan um, because you and I are are both beer guys. And what I have today is the best beers. Now, it's not, you know, this (laughs) beer, that beer, the best kind of beers to have, okay? Number five is a deck beer. Where you're just sitting out on the deck, it's it's at night. Maybe you have a fire going. Maybe you don't. It's like it, you know, it's the dusk is starting to to set in. A deck beer is just a truly, truly phenomenal experience, Mark. I I, I agree. With a sunset in the background, any sort of deck amplifies the the hops for some reason. It's it's automatic. I, okay, number four. It is weird. Respected. It is yeah, weird. It's fair. They find it's a way. Five, they find yeah. a way to taste. It tastes better. Uh, four is four is a beach beer. You know, it's hot out. You, you're, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 an all time beer. A beach beer is is an all time beer. It's hot out. It's a good way to, to quench your thirst. Um, third, I have a Friday beer, which you know it's a tough week. You know, we're, we're, you and I are grinding uh, through our jobs. Oh yeah. That first. Oh, yeah. That first. <laughs> that first beer on Friday after work, when you know it's about to be the weekend, is just an elite beer. One of my, but one I, of my and I should let, let, let the BetQL uh, weekend fans know that Fridays at about seven o'clock, I get to know when Fritz has his first beer. They had a, a selfie of him drinking some sort of IPA in some outskirt of Philadelphia every Friday without fail. So I see the Friday yep. beer from thousands of miles away. So that's on the list. No, I, I no debate so far. This top three on these first three. I know. Uh, number two, this is what I experienced uh, this week in Virginia is the post hike beer. Your legs are tired. You just got done huffing and puffing up a, up a mountain or whatever. And you're done. And you go for a nice post-hike beer. That's number two, which leads to number one, which I will be experiencing shortly uh, because I have to get to it today. The post-yard work beer. It is <laughs> elite. It is usually hot out. The post-yard work beer comes in at number one on the first list. 
Uh, I may switch up the order a little bit, but they, I mean, it's not it's not really post yard work. It's during yard work, isn't it? You're gonna wait till you're done. You're doing yard work on your day off. What do you do? We wait till you're done. Bring it out there. You bring your dad. It's like a dad, right? Just they call him dads. There you go. I haven't gotten full dad. I haven't gotten full dad yet. You know, I'm still I'm still working my way through that. I'm not fully you yet. Yeah, I, that's a different story. But Tom Brady says the, the, the best championships, the next one, that might be the best beer, is the next one, top of the list there. Fritz, excellent work as always. Uh, thank you for checking us out on the radio and on uh, Twitch.tv at BetQL. We are back next week in a jam pack, a weekend's worth of sports in a one hour. Enjoy it, everybody.